you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Everybody, it's Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio and the specialist, Cast of Dozens, that was put on this show each and every week. And it's the day before Thanksgiving, and we've got a lot to talk about on this show, but Thanksgiving, it's, it might be a bonanza for football fans because you sit around, you eat, you watch football. I don't know if there's a better day on the NFL calendar than Thanksgiving. I outside of maybe the Super Bowl, right. I don't think there is. Like especially out here on the West Coast, because like nine thirty AM games are starting. Right. Like you just wake up and it's go time. It's go time. And you know, I know for folks around the country, I'm sure I'm sure people enjoy fall. Uh, it's supposed to be a toasty 78 degrees in Los Angeles on Thanksgiving, so I'm going to be probably wearing shorts while I'm cooking and watching the uh, the early game. <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. we got plenty to talk about. We'll do our heroes and villains, our Week 12 game previews, some sleepers, trade targets, and some players that we are thankful for this year. So a whole lot to get to. So let's jump right in. We will start with some fantasy headlines. News out of Chicago. Justin Fields has been cleared to practice. He's listed as day-to-day with the shoulder injury. So a simple question here. If Fields goes for the Bears this week, do you have any hesitation in starting him? No, I, I would be playing Justin Fields everywhere that I have him. I have him on a few of my rosters myself. And like... Maybe if I have if I if I have a luxury of like, hey, I have Justin Fields and like a Tua or a Hertz or an Allen, but realistically, who has that scenario? In a lot of situations, maybe him versus Lamar, and then right. I think that's a situation where you could go with Lamar. But outside of that, like, you're not going to be playing any other quarterback over Justin Fields. He's been so good. I, I would 
even in a tough matchup with him banged up, I would start him. That was the first place I went with all the people who asked us about Lamar versus Fields last week. So I guess this week maybe you can pivot to Lamar potentially if you're really concerned about it. But otherwise, I'm with you. He's been so good. He's playing so well right now that it really is hard for me to get away from Justin Fields. Big news out of the Big Apple. The Jets are benching quarterback Zach Wilson. In fact, not only are they benching him, he's expected to be inactive this week for the Jets. Instead, it's going to be Mike White who gets the start against the Chicago Bears this Sunday how does this make you feel about the other pieces in the Jets offense I don't know if people would expect this hearing a quarterback change but I think the big winner here is Michael Carter Mm -hmm. who has been even since James Robinson arrived he's ran by far the most routes out of the backfield has by far the most targets and last year with Mike White Carter was averaging 19 fantasy points per game on nearly eight targets per game. Uh, and Mike White, as a passer, just averaged 6.2 air yards per attempt. 17% of his passes were not even to the line of scrimmage. 32% of them went to the backfield. He only threw 6% of his passes downfield, and less than half of his passes were of 10-plus air yards. So while I do think this helps the Jets receivers, I still think Joe Flacco would be the best case for them, Uh, and I think Michael Carter wins here. And the ironic part here is that Zach Wilson is benched because he won too many games. Like, he's played terribly, don't don't get me wrong. But if the Jets didn't go like 5-2 and two in the games that he started, Zach Wilson starts the rest of the year. I think exactly this is what's happening. Because the Jets are in playoff contention, they don't want this to get away. So here we are making a quarterback change. You're right. If the Jets were, what, 3-7 and seven or whatever it is, they probably keep letting Zach Wilson try to figure it out on his own. But they've got a chance to make the postseason until they make that move. I didn't love Garrett Wilson coming into this game. The Bears have been very good against passing games, terrible against the run. I don't know that this change makes me feel particularly better about it I might still give Tyler Conklin a little bit of run but even that I'm not super excited about with the quarterback change so maybe it is Michael Carter and kind of nobody else for the Jets offense this week over here in Los Angeles the Rams on Tuesday waved running back Daryl Henderson Jr. he only has three touchdowns this season right now it's Cam Akers and Kyron Williams on the roster it's been so hard to figure this running game out. Not so much because you know we don't know who's going to be good, just because we don't know who's going to get the touches or the snaps on a week-to-week basis. With Henderson gone, does this mean it's Cam Akers' season? Nope. O- only <laughs> if you are desperate. Like, I-, I still expect Williams to play a factor here. And even last week, like Akers had 14 carries. He turned it into 61 yards. Good. That's a solid game. Still just six fantasy points. He was not used in the passing game at all. And now Matt Stafford looks like he's going to be out this week. Uh, Bryce Perkins is, is getting those snaps with the ones that practice. They're anticipating he might have to start this week. To me, that just means that teams are going to just load up front again and be like, all right, beat us through the passing game without your starting quarterback, without your all-pro wide receiver. And the the Rams' interior offensive line has been so bad that I, I don't see that getting any worse. Someone asked, would I prefer Cam Akers or Kyron Williams? And I said Kyron Williams for a couple of reasons. One, because we always like the shiny new thing, and he's sort of the thing that we don't know as much about. We've seen Cam Akers at this point. The other part is just the relationship between Cam Akers and Sean McVay seems to be on again, off again. Someone on Twitter said they're the Ross and Rachel for the NFL (laughs) fantasy set right now. So I don't think I want any part of that relationship. I don't know. They might be on a break. I have no idea. (laughs) So I I think maybe that reason makes me want Kyron Williams. But either way, I don't really get excited about either one of these running backs uh, probably for the rest of the season. When did you become Adam Rank? (laughs) (laughs) And at some point... If you can't get along with any of your running backs, maybe you need to look inward, (laughs) Sean McVay. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe that's what it is. So I guess the long way, that's just a long way of saying stay away from the Rams running backs. It's not really going to help you out at all. More quarterback news. Interim Panthers head coach Steve Wilkes informed the team that Sam Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback this week against the Denver Broncos. I tweeted about it, kind of made a general request to the Panthers. I'm not (laughs) going to be so vain and narcissistic to think they saw my tweet and said, hmm, this guy's onto something. But I look at this. It can't really be worse than what they've been doing with Baker Mayfield most of the season. I guess the, the question here is, does this change at quarterback mean that we can maybe kind of lean on DJ Moore a little bit more now? I think yes, but not this week. Because mm. uh, last year with Sam Darnold, DJ Moore averaged over 14.5 fantasy points per game. He had a near 30% target share. He was averaging just under 10 
targets per game, over 100 air yards per game. It's all great. I will say there were some high highs and low lows because, again, we're getting excited about Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. <laughs> that tells you more about Baker Mayfield than it does Sam Darnold. Um, but I, I do think there's better days ahead for DJ Moore, but he's facing the Broncos defense this week who have allowed the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, not just on the year, but in the last month. Like They've been so good at stopping receivers that I would still keep DJ Moore on, on my bench, but it's one of those situations where if he gets a lot of volume and he has a good game, even in a tough matchup, you're like, cool, I can start this guy moving forward now, and, and you take that as positive. Let's keep it real. Back in training camp, when there was a QB competition between Mayfield and Darnold, it wasn't like Baker just ran away with the job. And if Darnold doesn't get hurt late in preseason, who knows? We might have seen this change earlier in the season. So it's not as though we know who Sam Darnold is at this point, but it's not like Baker Mayfield was head and shoulders above him. So this sort of seemed like Thanos. It, it just seemed inevitable. At you, some point. I, I guess if you were a Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield truther in the 2018 draft, Congrats. you could celebrate I now. guess you could take your victory lap <laughs> for what it's worth. You're going to be out there by yourself waving one tiny little <laughs> Sam Darnold flag. But kudos to you if that's the case. Time now for our heroes and villains of the week. Let's start with the guys that will carry your team to victory. Who deserves a little bit more buzz? Lamar Jackson. Uh, I, I think I understand Lamar Jackson hasn't been Lamar Jackson this season. He hasn't really. He hasn't topped twenty fantasy points since I believe week three. But I, I think this is the get right game for him. Not only have the Jaguars allowed a ton of production to quarterbacks, nearly nineteen fantasy points per game. That's in uh, the, the, the top ten. But they've also, as of late, they've allowed the second most fantasy points in the past month. They also really, really struggle at stopping the run. So I think this is the game where Lamar reminds everyone, like, hey, I'm Lamar Jackson. I, I can still do this. And I think he puts up a really big fantasy number. He's been having to play a lot of hero ball lately, too. Maybe having Mark Andrews a little bit healthier this week will help him out as well. I'm going to go with league winner Lenny. In fact, he might be week winner Lenny this week for you against the Cleveland Browns. The one thing we have known for sure is that you can run the football on Cleveland. Having the week off has certainly helped Fournette get a little bit healthier as he's dealing with a hip issue and all signs point to him being the starter and still getting a pretty heavy workload. And if for whatever reason the Bucks have to go to the air, we know Fournette can catch the football. Doesn't necessarily have to come off the field on third down. So game script hasn't really mattered for him. Now we'll probably talk about Rashad White a little bit later so he may have some value as well. But I still like Fournette a lot this week against Cleveland who's done a pretty good job against passing games. Not super excited about Tom Brady, but I think Fournette, definitely a good start. Let's go to our villains of the week. Who's a guy that you might want to try to avoid if you could? Cordero Patterson, who I know last week salvaged his day for some if you get the points for the return touchdown, but he still played just half of the snaps, had 10 carries and two targets. Tyler Algier played half the snaps as well. He had eight carries, one target. There's a clear split right now between these two running backs uh, and you're like okay last week they had a, a favorable matchup on paper I, I, I could take the shot on him this week it's anything but the commanders have been the absolute best team at shutting down running backs the last couple of months I would stay very very far away from this matchup they just shut down Damian Pierce last week held him to single digit yards like uh, with Patterson splitting time in this tough matchup I, I would stay away from him Especially with them splitting opportunities, as you mentioned, against that commander's defense. That makes me very nervous. Also very nervous about Alvin Kamara. And on our Monday show, Florio, you mentioned that Kamara is kind of an enigma. Some weeks it seems like he's up. Some weeks you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. Even having Andy Dalton there throwing those checkdowns hasn't really mattered a whole lot. So the inconsistency sort of worries me. On top of it, now he's got the 49ers this week. Look, I know James Conner ended up putting up an okay number he got in the end zone. I don't have the same level of confidence in the Saints offense to move the football against San Francisco. You may not be able to get away from Kamara this week. I totally understand it, but everything about this makes me really nervous about giving him a start. Time to get to our game previews. We got a whole slate full of games. Nobody on a bye this week. So we got 16 games. Let's start with the three on Thanksgiving. The Bills at the Lions. Second straight week that the Bills are going to be playing a game in Detroit. This time it's actually against the home team, Detroit Lions. Josh Allen, not a great game last week fantasy-wise. Will he bounce back against the Lions on Thursday? I think so. I, I considered writing about him in the start sit, but I was like, I don't think people are at the point yet where they're worried about Josh <laughs> Allen to that level. But I think last week was a case of like, 
they were going up against one of the worst run-stopping fronts in the league, and they wanted to be like, look, everyone says we can't run the ball. We're going to just run it down the Browns' throat. And it worked, and it helped open up stuff in the passing game with this being another game indoors against a struggling Lions defense. Uh, and Allen is not wearing protective gear on his elbow anymore. He's practicing for the first time since he hurt that elbow. I think this is just shaping up to be a game where Josh Allen, like, just goes off this week. I'm not worried about Josh Allen at all this week. I think he is going to eat. It's Thanksgiving. He's going to feast on that Lions defense, so I'm, I'm not worried about him. Anything else of note in this game? I think you could start Devin Singletary, who the Bills have been trying to give the ball to more. He is at least 13 carries. Uh, I believe it's in four of his last five games. He ran well uh, last week, and we know that he can be involved at times in the passing game. What I especially like is they're not shying away from him near the goal line anymore and the Lions on the year have really struggled against the run especially running backs and you could say like yeah they shut down Saquon last week the week before that they shut down David Montgomery but like that week they were still ran all over by Justin Fields and last week it seemed like a game where they were like we're gonna make anyone but Saquon beat us <laughs> this week feels like a week where they're like we're gonna have to sell out to try to stop Josh Allen in the pass right I mean, that's a thing when you talk about the Giants you used stop Saquon you got a pretty good shot at winning yeah. if you stop Devin Singletary for the Bills you're probably gonna get, you're gonna get carved <laughs> up by somebody else so good luck there Giants at the Cowboys Saquon Barkley we talked about him he's in the midst of the Saquonissance having a very good year Tony Pollard went berserk last week Ezekiel Elliott still there still getting opportunities had two touchdowns who scores the most points out of that trio Barkley Pollard or Zeke I think it's a two-man race uh, with I Zeke too, being the clear third right now. <laughs> I, I'm going to give the edge to Saquon just because I think his touches are safer. He has the harder matchup of the two, but he's Saquon Barkley, and uh, he, he's going to get like 20, 25 touches, especially because I think the Giants are going to try to shorten this game, and you do so by running the ball and controlling the clock. So I'm going to anticipate they give him a good amount of touches. So I'm going to go with Tony Pollard, and maybe it feels a little bit like chasing the points. I don't think he has the enormous game he had last week, but it's a situation where I think the Cowboys really focus on trying to take Zeke away in that Giants offense and forcing Daniel Jones and the wide receivers to beat them. So I think that opens some things up. Pollard shows that he is worthy of more snaps, more touches. It was nice to see him get more involved in the passing game as well last week. So I think he's the guy that, that has the bigger game. Along those lines, though, I do, I do think that makes Darius Slayton a bit of a sleeper for the Giants offense. I mentioned I think the, the Cowboys will try to take uh, Saquon Barkley away, force the Giants to beat them through the air. And right now, when Daniel Jones is throwing the ball, pretty much the only place he can feel confident is with Darius Slayton. I know the numbers have not been spectacular. You're talking about, you know, low double digits. He's giving you 11, 12, you know, 13 points a game, but he's consistently giving you those kind of numbers. And when you're getting these sort of opportunities and target share that he's been getting, I think that opens up uh, the opportunity for a big blow-up game. I don't know if that comes this week, but I think that consistency is there, which means Slayton Deserves a spot at least as a flex in your lineup, maybe a wide receiver too if you're playing in a whole lot deeper leagues. The nightcap, the Patriots at the Vikings, and I, I saw a tweet that uh, the Patriots really have been wrecking people's lives lately. They beat the Colts, <laughs> they, got, they got Frank Reich fired, they beat the Jets last week, they got uh, Zach Wilson benched. So now if I'm a Viking, I'm a little bit nervous about my job security, depending on what <laughs> happens this week. Does this have anything to do with your beware for this game? A, a little bit. Like, Kirk Cousins, beware of Kirk Cousins for fantasy purposes. And just when we thought we could trust Kirk Cousins, like, oh, he's playing at home, he's playing well, he put up less than three fantasy points last week against the Cowboys at home. He went full Kirk, which is the worst thing to do. Uh, and then this is a... National primetime prime game, time. which we know Kirk Cousins <laughs> struggles in, but that's only like a small part of it. Like the Patriots defense at the beginning of the year, they didn't look like themselves, but since then, they've been one of the best units in the NFL, especially at stopping wide receivers. The amount of points they allowed to, uh, to I'm sorry, to quarterbacks, it just keeps dwindling. And in the past month, it's less than 10 per game. I understand they played the Jets, but still, like less than 10 per game, that's very, and, and, 
Kirk Cousins, I don't know. I, I just don't – I can't trust the guy with much confidence. And this is a pretty good week for quarterbacks. Like, I, I think you could get away from Cousins. Kirk Cousins on primetime, you feel like at least one interception is coming because that just seems to be the M.O. in those primetime games. So keep an eye out for that one. A tough matchup for the Vikings quarterback there. We got this fun fact courtesy of the NFL Fantasy Research Team. Five of the top 12 wide receivers in Week 11 were all rookies from the 2022 NFL Draft. Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Wandale Robinson, George Pickens, and Traylon Burks. All 32 teams are in action this week. Sadly, Wandale Robinson out for the season. But among the rest of them, who do you think is going to be the top-scoring rookie receiver this week? This is a harder question because everything is starting to break right for a lot of the receivers, mm -hmm. like no Kyle Pitts, no more Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Burks is healthy, but I still think it'll be Christian Watson this week. Uh, he's been riding hot as of late. He has five touchdowns in, in his last two games, but the reason I'm so high on Watson, I was very high on him last week as well, is because of what he can do downfield. He is by far the Packers' best downfield threat, and that is something that they've been greatly lacking all season. So he's going to get the downfield targets from Aaron Rodgers. He's clearly the guy that Aaron Rodgers looks to when they get in the red zone right now. Those are the two most valuable touches for a receiver, the two quickest way to score points in chunks. So give me Christian Watson. So when I took a look at this, I didn't love any of the matchups for any of these wide receivers this week. That made it hard. So I went with Chris Olave, and I know I said that I'm worried about Alvin Kamara this week. I'm worried about Olave as well, but I just like the fact that he is a downfield threat as well. You mentioned that for Watson. That's been the case for Olave. He has been Mr. Air Yards so far this season. And you look at that New Orleans passing game, right now it's pretty much Olave and Jawan Johnson. So give me a shot on Chris Olave to hit maybe a couple of big plays. Maybe there's a, a blown coverage somewhere in the secondary. Maybe Dalton somehow manufactures a little extra time. But like I said, I don't love any of these guys that have a huge blow-up week, but I think Olave ends up being your top scorer. Back to our game previews for Week 12. The Broncos at the Panthers. The Denver offense now without Melvin Gordon, now without Chase Edmonds for at least a little bit of time. So for me, that makes Latavius Murray a sleeper in this situation. There's so many things about the Broncos offense to not like. They don't really move the ball. They don't really score points. They don't really have a great running game. But now, Murray's not really splitting any opportunities with anybody. We'll see if Marlon Mack jumps in and gets some touches this week as he was elevated from the practice squad. But this is pretty much Murray's backfield. And he does have a good matchup. The Panthers' run defense is in the bottom five in the NFL. So there's plenty of opportunity for Murray to go out here and make a play. I, I don't think you're, you know, you're not starting him as an RB1. He's maybe an RB2 or maybe a flex even. So don't get too crazy with it. But Murray does have some upside this week for Denver. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. Mike Evans in a bit of a slump. He has not scored a touchdown since week four. His last couple of games, 40 receiving yards in week nine, just 54 in week 10. Does he break out of the slump? Does he get in the end zone for the first time in what seems like a couple of months? I think so uh, because the Browns defense, like they're just a, a struggling unit right now. And, uh, it's not like they haven't they've shied away from Mike Evans like he had just six targets last week but before that 11 or more in three straight games so uh we know also he is going to be their top option in the passing game when they get in the red zone my only concern for this is the Bucks have been trying to punch it in with Leonard Fournette or Rashad White all year to just no avail because their O-line especially the interior O-line makes no space for them to run but the Browns are the worst, one of the worst fronts at stopping the run. So this is like a immovable object meets a uh, unstoppable force. Yeah, like <laughs> so maybe the Bucks punch it in a couple of times. That's my only fear. I'm gonna say that that Evans does get a touchdown, and maybe it is a, a fade or a jump ball in the end zone sort of thing. I don't know if he has a ton of yards because the Browns secondary has been okay this year. So it may not be a great yardage game, but I think you know he'll he'll find a way for for a touchdown. Look, I'm sure that the Bucks are looking at the stat sheet. I'm sure. I'm sure Mike Evans is aware he hadn't scored a touchdown in a while. So maybe Brady gives his guy something. Anything else from this game that we should pay attention to? Yeah, I, I think we're at the point of where Amari Cooper is just a must-start option, like each and every week. I don't care if he's at home, on the road. I don't care who the opponent is. Yeah, there, there's high highs and low lows, but outside of the elite receivers, that that's just part of what comes at the position. And this is a game where. The Browns might potentially have to throw the ball. Uh, like, 
Amari Cooper is a top 10 wide receiver, and you wouldn't think about sitting any of your other top 10 wide receivers. So I don't, Christian Kirk, the same thing. Another top 10 receiver who we get questions about, who I'm like, hey, I know by name and, and what we thought coming into the year they're not top guys, but like everything they've done this year has shown that, that, that we have to view them differently than we thought. So just don't even consider uh, sitting Amari Cooper. I've been amused this year. Every time Amari Cooper has a good game, seeing Twitter just say stuff like, man, you know who could use a receiver like Amari Cooper? The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that's that's really made me chuckle most of the season. Ravens at the Jaguars. Mark Andrews came back last week from injury, didn't really do much. Should we be worried about him? No. Um, he, he still had eight targets, six catches, 63 yards. Like That's a 12-point game, which for most tight ends, we'd be celebrating. Uh, I think that just shows how good Mark Andrews is, that 12 points, and we're like, uh, should we be worried? Because he hasn't quite been the Mark Andrews that we saw early in the season, but I think last week was more just on the whole offense. Maybe it was because they were playing in the cold, and no player hates the cold more than Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> uh, in Florida this week against a struggling Jaguars defense, I'm expecting a big bounce back game from Andrews, Lamar, the entire Ravens offense. If you are really worried about Mark Andrews, let me ask you this. Who are you starting over him? Yeah. <laughs> Who else has the ceiling of Mark Andrews except Travis Kelsey? And you don't have a roster with both Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews on it. So, though, I don't, I don't think you worry about Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be fine. Start him. Be confident. Everything's going to be okay. I will say, however, you should beware of Travis Etienne this week because when the Ravens have been had, it's mostly been through the air, not so much on the ground. And now maybe it could be the work in the passing game for Etienne that sort of saves his day, but I worry that the Jaguars are not going to be able to run the ball effectively, and the fear would be that the Ravens do turn things up offensively, that Lamar Jackson starts to go nuts, and that Baltimore does score some points, which means it could be less of a run-heavy game script for the Jaguars. Etienne has been so good that I think it's hard to completely get away from him, but I would be a little bit worried about what his prospects could be this week. Texans and the Dolphins. We talked about a number of quarterback changes at the top of the show. One more. Davis Mills has been benched by the Texans. Kyle Allen will get the start. There weren't a whole lot of Texans we were excited about starting, save maybe Damian Pierce. Anybody maybe on the other side that you are interested in this week? I would start Jeff, Wil Jeff Wilson Jr. In fact, I think he is a must-start option this week against the Houston Texans. Uh, since they've acquired Jeff Wilson Jr., Miami has split the targets in the backfield between him and Mostert. They've split the outside rushing attempts, but the inside rushing attempts are all like Wilson has dominated those. He's the back that they use near the goal line as well. He has a touchdown in each game with the Dolphins and then the Texans, man. They've allowed the most fantasy points to running backs by far on the year in the last month. They've allowed the uh, it's like the most rushing yards, the second most on outside runs, the most on inside runs. They're up there for the most rushing yards over expectations. Like you pick a stat and, and they're doing awful in it against the <laughs> run. So uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., a must start. And I think Mostert's in play as a high upside sleeper as well this week. Yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr., absolutely a start. He came in and very quickly sort of elbowed Mostert aside to be the RB1 there in Miami. Bears at the Jets. We've talked a lot about both these teams already on the show. Justin Fee Fields right now day to day Zach Wilson on the bench so I, I wrote this yesterday before we got the news about Zach Wilson I said at the time to flex Michael Carter between the, the quarterback change and Florio talking about what this means for Carter maybe you upgrade him to just a start as well now maybe he's just an RB2 but either way the matchup was good on its own just because the Bears have struggled against the run, and I don't think this is a game that's going to get very lopsided either way. The Jets' defense is good to hold the Bears down. The Jets' offense just doesn't score a lot of points, so I do think that Carter stays in play the whole time. But now if he's going to get some extra targets from Mike White, I think that only elevates what his potential ceiling can be this week. So I, I already sort of like them. I like him even more now that we've got White at quarterback. Bengals at the Titans and some news out of Cincinnati. Joe Burrow saying on Wednesday morning that the Bengals as a team believe that Jamar Chase is going to play after having missed the last couple of weeks with an injury. So that's exciting. We know, look, it's simple. If Jamar Chase is playing for the Bengals, he's playing for you. But in the backfield, there is some concern because Joe Mixon is in concussion protocol after leaving last week. Samaj P. Ryan stepped in, scored three touchdowns. If Mixon doesn't go, 
Do you have confidence in starting P. Ryan this week against the Titans? Yeah, I, I think Mixon would be an RB2 on volume alone. Like maybe if you're one of these teams that are loaded at running backs, you don't need him. But if you are streaming running backs or anything like that, I think he is the top waiver guy that you could just plug and play in your starting lineup right now. He looked great last week. We know he's going to get the work in the passing game. So uh, the thing about the Bengals, they are generally a one-back team. Whoever the starter is is going to get the majority of the opportunities. So I think we like P. Ryan. I know there's going to be some fantasy deep league hipster who's like, in my 24-man keeper dynasty IDP league, we're starting Chris Evans. And I'm like, cool, man. I'm watching Chris Evans play Captain America, but you and I are not the same. <laughs> Anything else we should know about this game? I think you should beware of Traylon Burks this week. And I said on Monday, like, he is someone that I very much so want on my roster. And I agree with that. Like, I, I, I mean, I still stand by that. Like, he has a lot of upside. He is a shot worth taking. But I don't love this matchup. The, the Cincinnati Bengals right now have allowed the seventh fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on the year. They've been tough as of late against them as well. And this Titans passing game, one, we know they're going to try to just run the ball with Derrick Henry a whole bunch, but they don't throw the ball a bunch. They actually throw the ball the second fewest in the NFL, and they have three receivers. Just two weeks ago, it was Nick Westbrook-Akina who had a big game. So while I think Burks is the wide receiver to roster here, he has a lot of upside. I think maybe you wait one more week before you just plug him right in your starting line. Well, I think that's fair, too, because if you had Traylon Burks, one, you probably either you held on to him throughout his injury or you scooped him up off the waiver wire. You weren't pressing him into service because there was a drastic need so you can probably afford to wait on him through this matchup and see what happens for him next week you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 
Your game on the go wherever you are. This is How You Football. With NFL Plus, watch live, local, and primetime games on mobile and listen to live game audio now through Super Bowl 57. Sign up for the rest of the season with a special offer of $19.99. Falcons at Commanders. This game seems not exciting i don't know we'll figure out there's some fantasy issues though to be talked about here first off will this be a big breakout game for terry mclaurin we've liked him with taylor heineke and we know heineke's the guy going forward so does this mean we can get excited about mclaurin this week yeah and, and spoiler alert i have him as a start uh this week in the stardom sit column uh since taylor heineke took over mclaurin has a 32 percent target share and a 52 percent air yard share that's the third highest target share in the nfl highest air yard share he's averaging 17 fantasy points per game. It's been up and down a little bit for him, but this is a game against the Falcons who have really struggled against receivers all year. And Marcus, I don't know if you saw this or not. Taylor Heineke is selling shirts of him just like chucking the ball and saying like <laughs> Terry's down there somewhere. So like, yeah, even he's getting in on this. I love that. Terry's down there somewhere. Taylor Heineke, we had a chance, I know, to talk to him at Super Bowl last year. He was a really fun, cool dude. I love the fact that he's got these T-shirts, that he says he's buying Jordans for himself after every yeah. win. And I guess now I think he's started buying some for some of his teammates, too, as well. So. Taylor Heineke, man, just he's just an all-around good dude. We're a fan of you, especially for fantasy purposes. I do like Brian Robinson as a sleeper this week as well. And I know he's been inconsistent. He hasn't been the most efficient. I think he's averaging just 3.2 yards per carry. But this is a, a situation where the game script, I believe, favors him because I think this game's going to stay relatively close throughout. So we saw last week when you know it, it kind of got one-sided. We didn't see as much of Robinson in that game, which is, I guess, sort of weird. But I do think this game stays close enough that Robinson continues to get touches. And I think that with the Falcons' run defense being as bad as it is, there could be a nice opportunity for the rookie to have a bounce back game here. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite, so order with Uber Eats today. Let's dive into this Chargers-Cardinals matchup. Florio, who do you think's gonna ball out in this one? I think you have to be starting James Conner in this one. And and I know some people look at what he did last week as a disappointment. He only had uh, 13 fantasy points. I'm like, hey, he went out, he scored 13 fantasy points. He had a touchdown in the hardest matchup for running backs as of late. That Niners defense has been so good at stopping the run. And they were playing from behind. This week, it's the exact opposite of that. He gets the Chargers, who not only have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs, but they've allowed the second most rushing yards and 13 touchdowns in 10 games. So I, I think Connor will get a bunch of production on the ground. And even if they fall behind, he's getting the targets out of the backfield as well. So I, I think you have to just feel very good about James Connor right now. Absolutely love James Connor against that Charger run defense. I do think it was telling that we had Austin Eckler on a few weeks ago, and he said <laughs> he even admitted that, yeah, our run defense hasn't been particularly great. I appreciate that sort of honesty. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery. Order with Uber Eats today. Raiders at the Seahawks. If you are looking for a tight end to stream, and at this point in the season, who really isn't? Maybe you take a visit to the island of Foster Moreau. The Raiders, we know that Devontae Adams is pretty much the target king there in Las Vegas. But, you know, sort of like a knuckleball pitcher who occasionally throws a straight pitch. Every now and then the Raiders throw to somebody not named Devontae Adams. And I think this is a week that Moreau could be that guy. The Seahawks have been awful against tight ends, giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the position. And especially in the red zone, three red zone touchdowns allowed by the Seahawks defense to tight ends. That's actually tied for second most in the NFL. We don't have any B-roll. It's just me on camera because we don't really have any B-roll of Foster Moreau. So we can move on now. Uh, next up, it is the Rams and the Chiefs. Not that long ago, this was a marquee matchup in the NFL. This was one that we would all be circling our calendars for to get excited about. This year, not so much. Remember that Monday night game just a few years that was ago? phenomenal. I think that's the best regular season game I've ever seen. A game that was supposed to be played in Mexico City, but because of field conditions, it got moved to the L.A. Coliseum. A reminder, Bryce Perkins is expected to get the first team snaps this week. Matthew Stafford dealing with concussion symptoms, so it looks like they may go with Perkins over John Wolford. By the way, Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Alaire also placed on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain, so he's out for at least the next four weeks. So changes offensively for both these teams. With CEH out, though, how confident do you feel about starting Isaiah Pacheco this week? Uh, I, I feel 
pretty – I feel good this week because I think this will be a week where, no offense to the Rams, the Chiefs are playing with the lead, which probably means a lot of grinding the clock out with Isaiah Pacheco. To me, he is who he is, right? Like, he's kind of matchup dependent. Even though he's going to be the lead runner, he doesn't get enough in the passing game, so he could – he has a low floor, but I think this will be a game where he gets enough volume that you start him. And that's why I'm sort of meh about it. I think there's the opportunity that's going to be there, but because he doesn't really catch the football, that belongs to Jarek McKinnon. That makes it hard for him to have a really high ceiling. I mean, last week he had over 100 rushing yards. It was 10 points. Didn't, ha- yeah. didn't find the end zone, didn't catch a pass. So I think you're sort of looking at that. Even if he has a decent rushing game, say he gives you 80 rushing yards, it's eight points because I don't know that he's going to get any targets and, in this one. And if there's one team that you can count on not just handing the ball to their running back to punch it in and at the goal line, it's the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. No, they're going to run like a shovel pass to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> they may do a rollout dump off to like Jody Fortson. It's going to be something wacky, right? Like really, the, the Chiefs offense at the goal line, it's like the, the insurance commercial with Andy Reid drawing mustaches on people. That's what he does to fantasy managers down near the goal line. He just draws his own little you know proverbial mustache on our faces anything else that we need to know for this game i I say beware of all rams and when i say beware i mean sit all rams if you possibly (laughs) can like you're not going to start bryce perkins even in super flex or two quarterback leagues uh alan robinson is a red zone fade specialist right now van jefferson he had five targets last week we're like cool but there are going to be five targets from Bryce Perkins this week, which is a lot less valuable than from Matthew Stafford. Uh, Tyler Higby has been the one saving grace, but again, I, I don't feel great about any of the pass catchers. And then we're talking about the running backs. I said earlier, like I, I just think this will be a game where teams playing moving forward is going to load up front and be like, beat us with Bryce Perkins and not with Cam Akers. Pretty much. Yeah, the, the Rams offense, really nothing to talk about fantasy-wise. It's been like that for quite a few weeks now at this point. Saints at 49ers. Saints coming off a win over the Rams. The 49ers just bludgeoned the Arizona Cardinals in Mexico City. George Kittle had a huge game, a couple of touchdowns, one in which the Cardinals as a team decided to make a business decision and just kind of let him rumble into the end zone. Does he stay hot against New Orleans this week? Uh, I don't know. I, I think you definitely <laughs> got to start him because he's George Kittle, and what, are you going to sit George Kittle for a streaming tight end? No, you're not going to do that, but... Last week was the best possible matchup for a tight end. This is the worst possible matchup, so it's completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Again, he's George Kittle. I'm still starting him where I have him, but I feel much less confident this week. I'm not as excited about him. Like like you said, you're going to be starting him without a doubt, but I don't think he gets you the two touchdowns like he did last week. And we saw on Monday night just how many weapons the 49ers have, how many places Jimmy Garoppolo can go with the football. So you know, maybe it's a big Debo week. Maybe it's a CMC week. Maybe Elijah Mitchell finds his way into the end zone. The Niners can score points, but it might not always come from the same you know, two or three people. So you're starting him, not excited about it who you are starting, though, is the 49ers' defense. They are a must-start this week. The Saints' offense has not been very consistent. They're struggling to protect the passer. Andy Dalton, we know when he gets pressure in his face, sometimes has a tendency to throw interceptions. The Niners have just been super aggressive, and credit D'Amico Ryans for what he is doing there. The guys in the secondary are ball-hawking. You know, All three levels, right? You got Nick Bosa up front. You got Fred Warner in the middle. You got Talanoa Hufanga on the back end. Just guys who are wrecking offenses this season. So the Niners are a must-start on the defensive side. Sunday night football, it's the Packers at the Eagles. Philadelphia is staying hot. Uh, You know, had to squeak out a win, but it is a win nonetheless. The Packers trying to rebound after losing to the Titans. Anything that we must do for this one? Yeah, I think you sit Aaron Rodgers, and you might be like, but he's coming off of his two best games of the year. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, (laughs) He's playing the Eagles right now who have been – so tough on quarterbacks. They've allowed single digits points per game to the quarterbacks who average, you know, well over 15 fantasy points uh, in both the last month and on the year. They're the toughest matchup for a quarterback. And even with Rodgers playing better, putting up better fantasy numbers as of late, he's looked really off. He's missed some layup throws that he normally makes with no teams on by this week I, I would be staying away from Aaron and, and even still the yardage numbers have not been great the no. touchdowns have been there but he's still giving you like 220 yards a game it's not really great and so if he doesn't throw touchdowns or he throws a pick or two then that number comes down a lot for you Monday Night Football the Steelers and the Colts and I think Paris Campbell is a sleeper here because he's been playing well he might not even be a sleeper category anymore because of what he's been doing with Matt Ryan so this more than anything is just to 
raise awareness of Paris Campbell. And if he's still on the waiver wire, go scoop him up. If he's in your lineup, this is an opportunity to get him in there because the Steelers have been bad against passing games this year. Now, maybe having TJ Watt back will help a little bit, but the upside for Campbell is they're moving him around the formation. He's playing 70% of his snaps from the slot, which means if they need to get the ball out quickly because Watt is getting in the backfield, they can still get the ball to Paris Campbell some kind of way. So if you're looking for a third wide receiver, a flex option, Paris Campbell's a guy who deserves to be in a whole lot more lineups. We are almost to the trading deadline in NFL.com leagues. It hits on Friday, November 25th, so Black Friday. It's a time to maybe get some of your holiday shopping done. Also a time to maybe get some of your fantasy roster shopping done with your trades. So we got a couple guys to trade for, a couple guys to trade away. Who should people be looking to acquire here at the last minute? Justin Herbert, uh, for, for two reasons. One is that he just looks like he is getting healthier. Remember, he cracked his ribs in week two or week three against the Chiefs, and he hadn't looked the same since. Uh, but this past week against the Chiefs, he scored his most fantasy points since like week four. Uh, but what really stood out was he averaged a season high in air yards per pass attempt. He also was running a little bit more. I think that he is just getting healthier, and the pieces around him are getting healthier, which leads to good things. Plus, he is by far the best schedule amongst all quarterbacks moving forward. In the rest of the fantasy season, he gets the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Colts, and the Rams. Not only are those defenses that you're not afraid of, they're defenses that give up a bunch of production, and there's some potential shootouts there, like him versus the Dolphins. That that could be a game where they score like 90 points in that game. So I, I think Justin Herbert, while he's been a disappointment so far, he could still make up for it and be the quarterback that we thought he could be. Speaking of guys who've been disappointing so far, Najee Harris, but I think he is going to turn a corner a little bit here. We saw him have a very good game last week for Pittsburgh maybe his best game of the season I think more of those are to come he's got a very good schedule the rest of the way on top of it as the weather starts to get colder in Pittsburgh as the winds start to swirl there at the I don't know what they're calling Heinz Field now but whatever they're calling their home stadium that means I think they rely less on Kenny Pickett in the passing game and more on Najee Harris. And if he can start to get more targets in that offense, then I think the ceiling goes up and he starts to look more like the guy you probably spent an early round pick on. So those are the guys that you want to acquire. Who are the guys that maybe we're trading away right now? Uh, this might rattle some feathers or, or whatever this saying is, but I think Saquon Barkley is a player to trade right Ooh. now. And I know it is spicy, but this past week he's, he played less than 80% of the snaps for the, just the second time all season, had just 15 carries, and that was against the Lions. Like, this is a guy who's already had uh, more touches this year than, than each of the last two years pretty much combined, so I worry a little bit about if is he starting to slow down, but mainly this is because of the schedule. He gets the Cowboys. Then he's supposed to play Washington two more times, who's been the best team at stopping the run this season. He gets the Eagles again, the Colts and the Vikings, which are just so-so matchups. I would, if you could trade him right now for, say, Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler, another high-end running back like that, it's something that I would definitely do. So you got Saquon Barkley to trade away. I think it's time to maybe think about moving on from Joe Mixon. Yes, he had the huge spike game with, what, 50 points or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Beyond that, he's been fairly meh. Now, I know right now he's in the concussion protocol, and we'll see what his long-term prognosis is going to be. But even when he's back and healthy, you've got Jamar Chase coming back to this offense, which means I like the Bengals to be a little bit more of a vertical offense in the weeks to come, getting – Jamar Chase back, keeping T. Uh, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd involved as well. Even Hayden Hurst catching some passes down near the goal line. I just don't know that Mixon is going to be consistent enough for you to really count on as you make your run to the playoffs and then through the fantasy playoffs. So if you can move on from Mixon, uh, I would suggest you try to do that and get some help elsewhere on your roster. We are a day away from Thanksgiving. It's a time that we offer thanks for some of the things in our lives that we are grateful for. And you know, for us in the fantasy community, there are players this year that we are certainly grateful to have on our rosters. So we each want to take this time to offer some thanks for some guys who have really helped us out. Who are you thankful for this fantasy season? I'm thankful for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'll add Saquon Barkley into that mix as well. You know, the running backs who were labeled injury-prone coming into the year and who were told that they physically cannot hold up for an entire season. And here we are 12, game, 12 weeks in, and Christian McCaffrey's over, averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. He's a top three running back on the season. Saquon Barkley has played more snaps than any running back in the NFL. 
it's just like this is what being a running back is. The safe guys like Jonathan Taylor, they've missed time. But, like, if you were fading McCaffrey and Barkley and telling other people to fade them, you were drafting who? Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, uh, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones over these guys. How's that working out for you? So, yeah, kudos to Barkley and CMC and and dunking on people. That's what we do on, on Thanksgiving, right? Exactly what we do. You just like, you know, you dunk some turkey and gravy. You dunk on people who have bad opinions. That's what it is. I- I'm going to be thankful for Tua Tonga Vailoa because also you talk about people who had bad opinions. Like, oh, he can't throw the deep ball. And, oh, you know, Terry Hill is that he's still a mid quarterback. And Tua has gone out and just been nothing but awesome, and especially for a guy that you were able to get sort of later in drafts, right? We talk about all the early-round quarterbacks who've been great, and there are a lot of them, but Tua had so many questions coming in that people were concerned about him, but he has been awesome this year to the point that if you have him, chances are you have a debate every week on who you're starting at quarterback, and chances are Tua is probably winning that debate more often than not. So for a guy that we were able to sort of wait on, and we're not, probably not going to be able to wait on him next year, it's been amazing. He's definitely helped out with Tyreek. Look, Tyreek Hill is over 1,000 yards already this season. Jalen Waddell has been amazing this season. Tua's been great, and I'm very thankful for the opportunity to have been able to draft him in a few of my leagues. Let's get to some of our top sleepers for Week 12. Mike, who you got? I think Dawson Knox is a in play as a sleeper this week. Not only has he been getting more volume, at least six targets in two straight games after averaging less than four uh, up until that point, but it's a good matchup against the Lions, who've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to tight ends this year, the second most in the last month. Uh, And we're saying, we said earlier, we think good things for Josh Allen. I think that means good things for his pass catchers as well. Do like Dawson Knox this week against the Lions. I also like Matt Ryan. And I I know it's been hard to start Ryan. He's been incredibly inconsistent, not a great fantasy quarterback. But when the matchup's been right, he's actually put up some pretty good games. And we saw that a couple of weeks ago when he scored 22 fantasy points against the Las Vegas Raiders. I talked earlier in the show about Paris Campbell being startable this week against the Steelers I think the same thing for Ryan now we're talking about probably two quarterbacks super flex leagues maybe really deep uh, regular redraft leagues but I do think there's an opportunity to get Ryan in your lineup because the matchup looks like a good one on paper Anybody else you like as a sleeper this week? I think you'll like this one, Marcus. Drake London. Fight on. Because we had to sacrifice Kyle Pitts to get Drake London, but it's... You know, we're taking a shot on uh, no pits means more volume for Drake London of uh, the commanders have really struggled against the pass, but they are elite at stopping the run. So if they could limit Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, I think Mariota will have to throw more. And London is already the favorite target in the red zone. So he always brings a chance of scoring a touchdown as well. I want more London, less Olamide Zacchaeus at this point. <laughs> My last one, it's the Chiefs defense because it has been easy to say pretty much all year long. Pick on the Rams offense when you're looking to stream a fantasy defense. The Chiefs have not been a great fantasy unit so far this year, but we talked about Bryce Perkins likely getting the start at quarterback for the Rams. That offensive line is still a mess. They cannot run the football, whether it's Cam Akers, Kyron Williams, or even Eric Dickerson at this point. It's been that bad for Los Angeles. So this is an opportunity. If you're looking to stream a defense, the Chiefs should very much be on your radar this week. You will see some of those names and more in my weekly sleepers column. You can check it out on line at nfl.com slash sleepers it does come out on thursday morning so before you get going with your thanksgiving festivities just log on to nfl.com slash sleepers and check out who you might want to get in your lineup that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember an optimist is a person who starts a new diet on thanksgiving day be safe take care of yourselves happy thanksgiving enjoy week 12 and we'll talk to you next week Wow. Wow. Wow.